Good evening, everyone, and happy Memorial Day weekend. It is so good to be back um, in the studio and creating Travel Notes episodes. Took a little bit of a break um, over the past month or so and uh, to put out an album. And now back, you know, getting back into the swing of things. If you're just tuning in and you haven't heard of Travel Notes before, it's a show where we use music as a medium to explore ways in which we're all connected. And I'm your host, Grace McNally. And uh, today I'm really, really excited for this um, this interview and conversation and this genre of music because it's one I've wanted to cover for a long time. I just hadn't met anyone yet who did this kind of music. And it's uh, Native American music that we're going to be focusing on today and it's my great pleasure to introduce to you our special guests we have two charleston local musicians um, multi-instrumentalists bill whitaker and delia cheriker who form a musical duo two-piece and uh, we also have uh, kathy nelson of keepers of the word word which is a south carolina based organization whose mission is to preserve native american culture here in south carolina and it's my understanding that uh kathy and delia are part of a female drumming group who perform for powwows and ceremonial events in the southeast so i'm so excited to talk to you guys about your work with that as well um welcome to the show thank you thank you for thank having you. us yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. my pleasure so um and it's exciting. This is your guys' first time on the radio. Right. So it's a big... <laughs> and I'm excited to learn all about the music that you do. Um, awesome. So to kind of start, I thought, Kathy, we could start with Keepers of the Word and kind of just dive into the maybe some of the background of Native American culture. Um, could you tell the listeners um, a little bit more about what a powwow is? It's a familiar word, you know, if you are introduced to Native American music, one that is kind of familiar but I don't have a clear idea of what exactly a powwow is and what's going on yeah. yeah well a powwow just means a gathering and it was started out west of the Mississippi it was um, Native American music was not allowed no, neither the music nor the dancing however uh, in order to have some sort of outlet as people were forced onto reservations they did allow uh, they wanted a powwow because they wanted to be entertained by the dancing and, and the music. Mm -hmm. So they were allowed, they were told, our ancestors were told, that they could do secular music only, mm -hmm. and, um, and the dances were to be secular. And they agreed to that because we don't have a word for secular in our culture. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of prayer songs done in language, but they didn't know that sure. because they didn't bother to learn the languages or speak any of them. Got it. But it is definitely its own genre. Wow. Uh, just like um, rock, jazz, blues, but the powwow music is its own genre. Really? And that is uh, basically sung by the men. The women gave the men the drum, the large drum, to use um, for the powwows and the women stand behind them and sing so uh, that's where the hand drums come in uh -huh. now um, we do keepers of the word does uh, ceremonial and sacred music uh -huh. and songs of the people the folk music and we recover that because that's not powwow music like mm -hmm. i said it's its mm -hmm. own genre. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these sacred songs uh, were illegal to do until 1978 when President Carter signed the American Indian Religious Freedom Act. Wow. 1978? Yes, ma'am. Wow. 1978. Yeah. We got the right to uh, learn about our music, try and recover our music. We've lost a lot. So, um, and I was a grown woman with four children and the choir director at Cottageville United Methodist Church when that happened. And it was wow. like, wow, this Ojibwe woman 
now has the freedom to really go and explore. And I did. And I was here I am. Say, <laughs> tell me about a little bit about how your life changed when that happened. Um, I knew it was um, very conflicting for me to uh, be native and not be able to openly express it because we were taught not to talk about being native we, hmm. we were taught about our heritage but we were discouraged from saying anything outside of the uh, family realm in the mm -hmm. community that mm -hmm. was that seems to be a thing that's yeah. practiced um, around the country not just sure. locally sure so um, when that happened and we could express a little more mm -hmm. then um, we we did yeah and started exploring the the music. And what really kicked it off was um, the United Methodist Church happened to have something called um, the Conference Committee on the Native Americans type thing. And being Native American, I said, oh, let, let me explore that. So um, I was sent to the regional campus up at Lake Junaluska, which is in North Carolina. And while I was there, I met many other natives. Hmm. And at the time, the church was looking to um, have a new hymnal come out. And so they were requesting from the native people some of their sacred songs. And some of the leaders that were there refused. They would not give them. Hmm. And I couldn't understand why, because I was so anxious to learn some of them. Mm -hmm. I knew very little and I wanted to know much more since we now had the freedom to do so right and um, in private conversations after um, the callers left you know uh -huh. <laughs> um, I asked I asked some of the the leaders and some of the elders why and they said because we have kept our music sacred since 1492, and they were afraid that the church would further desecrate what oh, we had. I see. But they finally relented, and in about two years from there, they finally relented, and that's when the floodgates started to open just a little bit. Yeah. And um, I started learning some of the songs, in particular, of the southeast. Amazing. So, tell me, are you? What is the? Um tribe or area that you have connection to i am ojibwe from upper peninsula michigan i married oh, okay. a i married a navy man who was stationed in a place called charleston imagine hey. that and and the rest is history i see so amazing um, yeah um tell me a little bit about what recovering some of that music how did that happen you know if a lot was lost like was this all imagine it was all orally passed down just like through generation to generation yes a lot was orally passed down and um, there are some uh, books where people went in to try to record or jot down mm -hmm. the music mm -hmm. it was problematic because we are taught in our school systems the do re mi fa so the eight scale octave mm -hmm. And uh, Native American music does not have an eight scale octave. Mm. It has uh, a pentatonic scale, like just uh -huh. the black notes on the piano uh -huh. is Native American music. So it was very difficult to, to transcribe or to understand. Sure. So I um, see. Yeah. It, they but, didn't have the system in the American music tonality system is not, wasn't set up to interpret the... Correct. Native American, right. yeah, interesting, Correct. yeah, and um, so we we use the flute or keeps of the word we use the flute because it is pentatonic. pentatonic. Yeah. Its, its scale is correct. Right. Therefore, when we work on the music, um, if we can play it on the Native American flute, then we know the tonality is is proper. Uh huh. And so. That's, I see. that's one of the of reasons one of the we tools. use flute. It's one of the tools we use, yes. And tell me a little bit about the music, or the instruments that you have here with you. They definitely, it looks like a couple flutes, mm -hmm. a turtle a Turtle shell. rattle. Turtle, turtle rattle. shell rattle. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Yeah. And this beautiful drum. 
Yes, it's a women's ceremonial drum. Mm -hmm. um, it is uh, made of tie-dyed elk skin. So cool. And there is a stone in the hand palms because um, so that the woman during ceremony can always be connected to Mother Earth. Mm. Uh, women are the ones that bring the spiritual realm and the physical realm together and give birth to, to a human being. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Yeah. So that is why that, that is placed there. Are women, you, were women, you mentioned a little earlier that women, we used to sing kind of behind them, the men were during powwows. They still, music. Do, yeah. they still do. They still do. So is it um, uncommon for a woman to play the drum, or no. is it becoming more of a... It's not uncommon for a woman to play the drum. It is uh, not commonly thought that women play the big floor drums, the, the big drums. Oh, I Mother see. Mother drum and the father, father drum. Yeah, yeah, we have grandmother drum and grandfather right. drum. Um, it's so, But we made our drum mm -hmm. out of uh -huh. a circa... 500-year-old longleaf pine log that was taken down in Dorchester County hey. and covered with buffalo hide. And ah. um, so we, we play that drum. Okay. And uh, it is a large drum. It's a big one. And we haul it in the back of our car. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm picturing, is it like, like a Tyco kind of drum, one of those bigger? bigger yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, cool. it weighs about 50 pounds. Easy. Whew. It's a heavy drum. Yeah, that's some heavy lifting <laughs> you got to do, but um, that's really beautiful. Was there something, um, were you guys wanting to do a sample of some sure. of the powwow music? That well, no. <laughs> no? Okay. I didn't, I, was, I should have asked before we hopped on, but um, I know we, we, there's a couple other songs that you guys had. Yeah. Um, the powwow music uh, is all usually vocables and oh, I see. Uh, kind of pitched, and I probably could, but it you wouldn't want to hear it. <laughs> no my, my family would be, ooh, really? <laughs> well, I am yeah. excited, yeah, to hear. And I, it's so interesting to learn that that's a totally its own genre music. Yes. That was, I did not realize um, that was the case. Um, why is it so important that organizations like Keepers of the Word exist in today's society, do you think? Well, so much is not known, and yet there are those of us, more than, um, I would say, close to 75% of all American Indians live off the reservations. They are within the general population. Yeah. And as we get out there, we tend to, to lose that connection, and here I am. I'm well, you good a, distance away. I'm here. Sorry to hand one interrupt you, but I remember when I first met you, you said you were a science teacher and you were teaching and you'd go out in the communities and see all these children that were native yeah. to you and you, they didn't have a clue about their culture. And wow. So she has kind of... I was like, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah they, um, they were taught, again, not to say anything or talk about their culture. Wow. And, um, and as a teacher, I realized that I wound up in a school mm -hmm. that obviously, and they, they, at that time, there were only two racial choices, Caucasian and Negro. Okay. And, um, and that um, integration had just happened. Well, there happened to have been an Indian school in Cottageville. Mm. And um, a lot of these children that I saw obviously were not Caucasian, nor were they Negro. Sure. And, um, and in looking at the, when I would get the records in, um, let's say a child by the name of Anna. One year she was marked as Caucasian, and the next year she, the teacher might mark her down and recognize her as Negro. Oh, yeah. And they, they, they just weren't identified at all, yeah. and they just kept it quiet. So um, that's when I learned that I was right in the community of the Edisto-Natchez-Cusa people, oh. and, uh, which is the tribe closest to us, uh -huh. um, or actually close to me, because mm -hmm. they're, they're, uh, they're split by the Edisto River in Ridgeville and Cottageville, oh. and I live in Cottageville. So um, I, I taught um, many of the children from the tribe over the 25 years of of teaching amazing and so it's uh, helping, developed a yeah, yeah developed a relationship with with the with the tribal group and um they're they're a remarkable wonderful people 
So, uh, and they uh, are very active. In fact, they just held their annual powwow on the 22nd of April this year. So, um, and they they will hold a powwow again next year. So, and it is um, uh, free, uh, it is open to the public. There is a charge to get in, but that's the only way the tribe raises funds. I see. So, Mm -hmm. um, anyway, Mm -hmm. but it is open to the public. Yeah. They can come and celebrate with us, but um, other tribes of the state come and support them. Um, South Carolina did not recognize we had tribes or admitted to it until 2005. Oh, wow. And we now have a a way for which they could register with the uh, Commission of Minority Affairs, jump through some hoops to prove who they are. Hmm. And um, so we have nine state-recognized tribes and one federally-recognized tribe in the state of South Carolina. Wow. It is fascinating that there's tribes, there's different tribes all over the country. Like each state has multiple. And um, to think that, yeah, there's just, I imagine there's so much diversity just within a state, but then to think about throughout the country, mm-hmm. you know, um, which actually kind of what brings me to you, Delia, Delia because you, well, tell me about your heritage with the Native American culture sure um Mm -hmm. well i'm mexican-american born in kingsville texas okay uh not raised with the native culture as part of my upbringing uh and not even raised with my mexican heritage because my mother met my father in the navy (laughs) and brought him up south carolina no way (laughs) (laughs) parallel uh, stories there and uh although uh, my first language was spanish my mother when we moved to clover south carolina she wanted me to fit in so mm-hmm. it didn't encourage me to keep speaking Spanish. Mm. Um, so and didn't I really didn't really know about my native connection until the when I went to college, and then then I discovered the flute um, okay. because. When I was growing up, when I had I had long black hair, younger, and I was dark skinned, mm-hmm. um, all I would get is oh you look like an Indian, like it's a bad thing, uh, mm. it's a negative thing. Um, mm. So I never I said well what's wrong with that? I really never knew with my family. That's my that was the Mexican side telling me that. And uh, and then um, one summer I got to work in the as in the Red Cross up in Cherokee, North Carolina, as a volunteer. And again, getting white people to say, "Oh, can I take your picture? Can I take your picture?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, it's like, okay, why?" And then when I was with the the Cherokee folks there, because they took me in, because of course I looked the part, I guess. Yeah. And they said they, you know, natives don't like to get their pictures taken because they feel like they're getting a part of their soul taken, their mm. spirit, right, Kathy? Yes. Right. So and that was me getting started into more of the understanding more of my heritage, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, but I always felt like an imposter in a way because I wasn't raised with native rituals and things. And um, in the last year, two years ago, I think it was, I finally did the 23andMe. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And. Uh, it does come back. I'm 33% Lipan Apache, which wow. I had no clue what tribe or anything. Yeah, yeah. told you. Yeah. And she kept telling me, you are, you are. I said, okay. Because I always felt a kinship with the flute and the music yeah. and was calling me. And uh, and she kept saying, yeah, you're part of this. And Kathy and I got connected through the flute, really, because she really? was part of a flute circle. And that's how I met her 20-something years ago. Amazing. And uh, then I got involved with Keepers of the Word and what they did. And, of course, it always felt in my heart the right place to be. It's funny how our heart knows. Yeah. You know, and through music, and you can kind of find those connections. And Mm -hmm. um, before the stat, the the data comes back, you know, showing. But that's that's really fascinating. So, So you started on the flute. And tell me a little bit about the intuitive flute like style sure yeah sure. yes because uh like kathy they have a flute tablature that you can read kind of to mm-hmm. show you the holes but for me when i was first being called to the flute because i was getting a master's in counseling and music therapy in colorado oh. and uh the person i knew had a flute that this g flute that was made by carlos nakai who makes the flutes for i mean the band made the flutes for carlos nakai which is a famous native flute player um I started playing it, and I said, dang, I'm just not feeling this flute. I'm not connecting. I didn't like, I was trying to read the tablature, and mm. so I was getting frustrated with it, and I said, I don't know. So I put it down, so then I went back to it, and I just said, forget the tablature. Let me just play a couple of notes, and then as I was doing that, 
that's when it really hit and that's when it the more of the intuitive piece came because and I didn't have to pressure myself of doing the wrong note because it's Mm -hmm. pentatonic Mm -hmm. so what happened with that is my voice started connecting as well as the notes and the sound of the 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 music because I could play a little music and I could sing to it and and acapella like you know and chanting Mm -hmm. and doing the vocables and that's where it's really hit my heart and my soul more deeply it is and it's a very um forgiving instrument it's a very loving instrument it's a very um soothing soothing. yeah and uh and yeah i can play a few melodies on things if i really push myself to but you know why because it's it's a very spiritual instrument absolutely yeah yeah um is what is the what what role does music play in native american culture Oh, a tremendous amount. Yeah. <laughs> huge amount. Yeah. Huge. It's yeah. huge. And uh, a lot of the uh, melodies started as intuitive pieces, and it connected with other people. And then it was handed down. And they, they uh, the elders tell us that a lot of these melodies that have resonated and stayed with the people were given by the spirit messengers that are known as angels and other mm. uh, cultures but they say spirit messengers have have given these to us to keep to to have to help us in our journey here on mother earth mm. and so it is extremely important and um but what i i love about it is i was challenged to go back and find some of these melodies and learn some of them so we wouldn't lose them mm. and with delia and her and her intuitive playing when when the two of us get together mm-hmm. it is just so much fun because we can kind of cut loose and just really sure go yeah. with these ancient melodies as well as forge our own journey now yeah. and, and write a new chapter yeah for for native music mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, I was noticing when you did your uh, CD release party, uh-huh. and that was great, and you had the plantation singers, and I was yeah. just kind of feeling the an- the ancients, the ancestors with all the native Gullah music and all like that, but I think it's so much how it's like when we get together and play our music, it's very organic mm-hmm. and very intuitive and mm-hmm. soul, and the soul, and we'll... You can hear the ancients in it in when it, when you get going with it, and some of the sounds even, like um, "Wade in the Water." That one is like um, "Wendayaho, Wendayaho, Wendayaho, That's a Cherokee morning song. Beautiful. Greeting of the day, the blessing of the day. Yeah. And it means I am of the great spirit and the great spirit is of me. Mm -hmm. It does. It has the same feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Absolutely. And I think of the way, um, you know, in Gullah culture, a lot of the music came from, you know, spiritual song on plantations and then before that, you know, West African music with drums and percussion and singing, just singing and percussion. It sounds like that is also found in Native American. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. the powwow. Um, mm-hmm. So excited to hear some of this music, some more. Yeah. Bill, yes. tell me about how you and Delia got together to start playing music. Well, um, I, was, I volunteered with a group called Guitars for Vets. Uh-huh. And uh, I'd gone through all of the paperwork, and I had shown up at the uh, the vet center in North Charleston to start work with my first student. And at the time, uh, Delia was working there, mm-hmm. and uh, we just got to talking and just very you know clicked very easily mm-hmm. uh, uh, musically. And uh, I was working there volunteering for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, let's get together and do something. And so we started uh, doing a lot of covers and things of folk rock music stuff. And, and uh, one day she came in to the studio with uh, her flute. I went, oh, mm-hmm. what's that? That looks cool. Yeah. And I was brought up, uh, very, I was very fortunate that um, I have a very musical family and we had a lot of, uh, I heard a lot of different kinds of music. So mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like having, trying something, a new 
delicious kind of food. Uh-huh. And uh, so she's playing, and it's, it's so beautiful. And she says, well, this is the pentatonic scale. I went, oh, well, that's when, when you're learning guitar and you're learning how to play lead, the first thing they teach you is the pentatonic scale. Sure do. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're good friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I would start playing in support of what she was doing and trying to interpret uh, using a Western instrument uh-huh. and the guitar uh, to support what she was doing with the flute. Beautiful. Yeah, it's so funny, and I'm glad you brought that up because the blues. Yeah. Right. The, <laughs> the blues. pentatonic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I didn't realize that the two, that was the scale, yeah, that they use in Native American culture as well. So, um, and I know you guys have performed at um, the Vespers series yes. at Circular Church. <laughs> um, and you have a show coming up, or a, it's a fundraiser for... Yes, we have a, uh, a fundraiser at the American Legion mm-hmm. uh, in West Ashley. Uh, it's James Island. James Island. James Island. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and that's June 17th. 17th yeah. From awesome. two to five. And this is our big. This is our big fundraiser for the year. Uh huh. For uh, guitars for, for vets. For guitars for vets. And real quick for listeners who aren't familiar, what kind of what is the mission for of that organization? Um, we work primarily with PTSD patients from the VA that are sent to us. Um, we take about 10 to 12 weeks. We give the, the student uh, a loner guitar and we teach them how to play. Wow. Um, at, the end of the, at the end of the 10 or 12 weeks, they're given a, a brand new guitar, strings, stand, uh, awesome. and then, yeah, and now they, now they have this. Yeah. Um, so it's, you're you're teaching like three chord four chord songs uh-huh and uh yeah and none of this everyone's a volunteer okay uh this comes at no cost to the veteran amazing um, yeah oh my gosh i'm gonna we'll have to talk more after mm-hmm. about that that sounds really like great work um well before we're almost halfway through and i'm just would love to hear some of the music you guys have what um yeah what okay. what's first song do you guys want to do Sacred Circle? Or? Yeah, we can do Sacred Circle and we can even do it on the flute and do um, Wendy Yaho on the flute as well and yeah. sing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the good thing to, uh, to uh, went Sacred Circle, the melody is uh, the melody Wayfaring Stra- Stranger. You'll hear that one. Oh, okay. But it was also the melody used on the Trail of Tears, right? This melody was used on the Trail of Tears and in an old shape notebook uh, hmm. uh, that. I found that was severely water damaged. Unfortunately, I couldn't save it. Mm. Um, but it was in in an old shape notebook, and up on top it said "Ancient Appalachian Melody." The only ancient Appalachians I know are, are Cherokee people. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. So, um, and uh, when I went to the play "Unto These Hills" up in Oconalofti, up in Cherokee. Uh, the strains of this, and they call it Song of the North Wind. Some of the musicians there refer to it. Uh-huh. But you'll hear strains of what folks call Wayfaring Stranger um, oh, wow. in, in that presentation up there. At least it was that way about mm-hmm. 15 years ago. They might have changed the music since then, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> and then you wrote lyrics to it. Yes. Um, there was... A, very wise elder. I think it was Luther Standing Bear was his name. And they interviewed him at a powwow. <laughs> and they said, what is it with you Indian people and why are you always dancing in circles? <laughs> and he said, because life is a sacred circle. We dance to pray, we pray to heal, we heal to live, we live to dance, we dance to pray, we pray to heal, we heal to live, we live to dance. Mm. Life is a sacred circle. And so I decided that it needed to go to music, and it fit Wayfaring Stranger really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As oh an ancient, melody, ancient Appalachian melody, it just made sense. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm so excited to hear. Oh. Yeah. So we'll do a little bit of that? Yeah. Okay. You want to do what, verses one and three? Well, you're going to have to take the lead on most of the verses, because I don't have my lyrics <laughs> with me. But I do remember <laughs> some, some of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
came out for that one the uh and what a yeah what a, i love the sound of the blues guitar with the singing and the chanting and the flute it's it's really lovely um yeah that was great thank you you're welcome um so do traditionally in the native american um music tradition do you is there a specific like song structure that is followed or is it and i think of intuitive i think of something very open-ended like maybe there isn't but maybe there is i don't know well things go in a circle (laughs) (laughs) things go in a circle so usually what happens in a native song is you start it out uh-huh. And it comes right back around, and you end. I see where uh, you started. Where, where you started, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it it go it evolves that way. Beautiful. The power of the of that music is it can get very um, like you were you're in a trance almost. Yeah. You know because it can the drum the beat the vibrance of the drum the vibration of the drum and the flute and the voices. They can really get in a kind of a swirling mm-hmm. feel to it to where organically you feel it all over your body. And some people do get very, in, like they're in a trance, yeah. especially when they do the dancing and things like that. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it, can be a, it can be a trip. <laughs> it reminds me of the, uh, like the whirling der- dervishes, yes. yeah. you know, yeah. and seems like that kind of intention with music pops up in all over the, mm-hmm. the world. It's universal. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a uni- music is a universal language. Mm-hmm. Amen. So it's very free form, so you don't have to worry about, oh, we're going to end on this beat, on this tempo, blah, blah, blah. It's just yeah. very much in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Of, definitely. Yeah, which I love about it. Yeah. So um, should we dive into just one, doing one more? I know you have. Okay. Yeah? Sure. Uh, um, what are you guys feeling? Well, he could either, we can do something that you and I do, or I can do one song off my CD or whatever, whatever, flute. That would be awesome. I could do a little bit of that, and then we could... You and I can do something, I guess. Well, I'll do uh, one's called um, Souls of Our Ancestors. Mm-hmm. One that's on my CD, the old CD. Beautiful. And this, yeah, you brought one in. Thank you so much. It's um, called Animas. Yeah. Animas means souls. Ah. So, so I do a little bit of my Mexican heritage in there. So it's uh, Animas de mi madre, Animas de mi padre, Animas de mi ancestors. So the souls of all those folks are kind of what I brought to the CD just to keep me support on this musical journey and sure. it's kind of and when I 
perform, I try to honor that as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I think when I was growing up as a little girl in Texas, my grandparents and all the cousins, which I had a lot of them, they would sing at the drop of the hat. There was no, let's get together and jam. They just started singing, you know, in the middle of nowhere, or in the middle of whatever. Yeah. And I always remember that that happiness around all that. And, my, mm-hmm. and they would just break out in song, not caring if they were in pitch, not caring if they were in the middle of the casino, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> joyful picnic, noise. Just joyful noise. Yeah. And uh, my um, Mexican uh, heritage, my aunts, and well, all that side of the family always encouraged me to, to do my music. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a blessing I take with me all the time. I hear mm-hmm. them, Delia, sing, sing. <laughs> so, okay, What's okay. interesting <laughs> is I grew up the same way, yeah. but within the native heritage, and we would sing at a drop of the hat ah. uh, all the time. Yeah. We'd sing the graces. We would sing traveling. We would sing. Oh yeah, just break out in song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes me think of Irish. I'm Irish, and same thing. Oh yeah, ton music all the time. Yes. Yeah, dancing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's funny. Yeah, it's connections. Funny. I yeah. Love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> all right, so it's um, just I'm gonna do a little bit of uh, we'll do a little bit of this, and Bill and I can do one a little tune that maybe we he and I do. Smile down on us, smile down on us, and bless us. Oh, hey, of its own mm. like it's so beautiful yeah it, yeah yeah it's very haunting yes yeah, I know. Oof. Oof. it's nice thank you, thank you. yeah thank you oh, oh my gosh oh, so. i feel so lucky to be able to talk to musicians who do music and work like you guys i mean it's it's really inspiring um and I, yeah very grateful yeah i'm grateful for you to give us this little opportunity yeah, yeah. it's yeah. my pleasure thank you um so was there one more um, song you guys maybe wanted to do? Did you want to try it? Or sure. Want to try yeah. It? Okay, we'll do a little. Why not? A little bluesy thing here, a little something, something. Love the blues. Something. Doing that, the, the Amy Winehouse. Too. Yeah, the Amy yeah. We'll give it a shot. What the heck? It's a little different from the um, native thing, but it's, yeah. fun. it's a fun thing to do. Also now connected, as we learned, through the blues. Exactly. So, <laughs> there we have it. Full circle. Let's, let's go for it. <laughs> 
place with <laughs> so so tell me um what kind of pro- up, like projects you guys guys have going on and any upcoming performances or events okay. for wants to start well this sunday if mm-hmm. uh, anyone's interested in seeing how native music um is done in a worship session mm-hmm. uh keepers of the word will be doing the 9 a.m and 11 a.m services at grace united methodist church on sam rittenberg boulevard mm-hmm. so they're welcome to come and join us in worship awesome mm-hmm. right in west ashley right in west ashley yeah, yeah. it's what's fantastic the t- what's the times on that at 9 a.m mm-hmm. and 11 okay Okay. We will be doing a contemporary service with native, ancient Native music, and then we'll turn around and do a traditional service using the same music, but using the tradition, more traditional ways. Ah, okay. I'm going to have to come check that out. 9 a.m. I'm going to, yeah. 9 and 11. 9 and 11. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Anything else? I know you guys have a World Music Cafe show. World Music Cafe show, Piccolo. It's going to be at the Cannon Street Art Center on Tuesday the 6th of June at 7 to 8.30. Uh-huh. And uh, you can get tickets on citypaper.com, I think it is. Awesome. Get tickets, yeah. yeah. 
<clears throat> so excited about that. I, I have my ticket and I am very, there's a whole lineup I saw. It's yeah, it's a blues, blues. it's going to blues fusion yeah. thing. So he's, uh, Peter Kofura is putting this together. God bless that guy. World Music mm-hmm. Cafe and uh, he's bringing a bunch of musicians at Full Circle, The two of the guys, uh, Papa Dupree and uh, Jojo. I played with them many years ago and I, I was amazed that they're being brought into this. That's and, uh, awesome. Yeah, Pete Cortez. And uh, so it's kind of interesting, Full Circle. Love when that happens. Oh my gosh, yes. Also just the blues blues i'm i feel like through this whole conversation i'm just being reminded of how the blues connects is connected through so many different cultures mm-hmm. oh, yes yes, mm-hmm. yes um yes. right you know <laughs> yeah some of the scales found in like northeastern brazil same as the blues that they use and then even you know i think of west africa and and the blues connected as well right. traditions just like wow now native american music i have to do an episode about that it's a lot of research but would be worth it wow. um yeah. that's beautiful and then we have the guitar for vets uh fundraiser oh, yes. we're doing on june the 17th, 17th yeah. so saturday from two o'clock to, to five yeah at the american mm-hmm. legion on folly road yeah fantastic yeah so we're excited about that and uh what else is going on? I think that's about it. Just recently, let's keep did, busy. Yeah, let's keep yeah. busy. Yeah, yeah. So I've recently been able to do sound baths, uh, which are oh. doing the flute and a crystal bowl. My friend uh, Nomi does it with me, and we're going to be performing at Circular Church on June the eighteenth. It's a Sunday at ten awesome. o'clock. Oh, beautiful! At Circular Church, I'll be doing that. So that's using that lovely. Yeah, it's really beautiful to do. So meditation. Yeah. 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 So the flute takes you to a lot of different places, is what I'm saying. Really? (laughs) It truly does. Um, Just hearing a sample of it today, I was like, wow, it's powerful. Um, And where can people follow your guys' music and find out, you know, more, listen to more of the music you have out there online? How how would they do that? Yeah. Yeah. Where, how, if you guys... Um, Well, we have a uh, a YouTube channel. We Mm -hmm. have uh, a... Linktree. Linktree. Yeah, Linktree. Linktree as well. Yeah. And uh, uh, we have your recordings up on YouTube, some uh-huh. of my own. Uh-huh. Um, I play a lot of fingerstyle guitar. And Beautiful. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and your Facebook, too. Facebook. Yeah. It's, and it's two piece, uh-huh. like T W O, and then is it piece, like piece of pie, or we kind of play it's, on words, right? It's, we're doing a play on words, yeah. This uh-huh. is definitely the surrounding piece. As in peaceful, uh-huh. uh, but we are a two-part duet, so we're playing. Two yeah, two piece. Two, yeah, two piece. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's a uh, we're blessed, doggone it. <laughs> it's great. It really, great. and great. it's it's great that this is now this music, and you guys can share. You know mm-hmm. what the culture and heritage openly and freely and. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, were you yeah. Saying I was just—I was just gonna say—I was just amazed that um, when I met Kathy and she said it was 1970 when they first allowed, were allowed to sing their I their know. sacred songs. I went, what? And President Carter signed that into bill. Thank yeah, God. Bless 1978. Him. 1978. Yeah. yeah, it's just—it's just so fresh still. So. It really—that was shocking. Mm-hmm. It's so that was not that long ago uh-uh. in the grand scheme of things. Right. Not that long right. ago. Yep. So. so important work that you guys are doing over at Keepers of the Word. and Well, Kathy didn't talk about She does an elder basket, too, uh, gathering for the elder baskets. Mm-hmm. Every right. um, Staple often. foods. Um, the staple <coughs> foods and goods. Um, the lowest, well, our, a lot of our widows, widowers, um, they obviously, because we had native school systems until integration here, and the native schools were supposed to go to the, 12th grade but in reality many of them only went to the fifth or sixth grade Hmm. and they didn't even have a certified teacher in many of the schools and Hmm. um, so if you fast forward 50 years from the integration time to now obviously the native people did not have the best paying jobs or IRAs and that kind of thing sure Uh, a lot a lot of our Native American um, ladies and, and even gentlemen their social security is in the high 400s or mid $500 a month to pay for everything. Mm -hmm. And so um, getting staple food to them is, especially from about Thanksgiving through Valentine's Day, because winter seems to be the hardest time of the year. Uh, That is something that we do when we deliver to all nine state-recognized tribes and the federally-recognized tribe around the state with elder baskets. 
and um, it's a laundry basket, a circular laundry basket or a rectangular one, whatever we can, whatever we can <laughs> manage to get. Yeah. Uh, and so that goes to them awesome. um, during those times. And even uh, we have some supplemental things that come in. In fact, I'm supposed to pick some up in Gaston next week to, to get out. Mm-hmm. So we, we work on that. And that's uh, amazing. Where can people, if someone wanted to donate, say, you know, something to, to the elder basket, how can they get in touch or find out more um, information? They can uh, contact Keepers of the Word. We have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And uh, we even have a little list of um, elder basket goods they could work on if they would like to work on some of the staple things okay. that goes in a basket. And we can uh, certainly email that to them. Okay, or put that information online. Facebook, got it. Yep, keepers of the word. Um, well, this has been a wonderful conversation Thanks. to learn so much. Thank you guys so much for coming on the air and sharing your music and the background of what you do. Um, yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to OM Radio, Charleston's only community-supported radio station. If you're listening on a streaming service, thanks for uh, listening to his travel notes. Um, It's my great pleasure to be your host. And uh, don't get too comfy because our next trip is just around the corner. (laughs) 